Hi there, just a quick message before we get started. As we move forward with the podcast, we would like to give you the opportunity to participate in various challenges that are exciting and affordable. This month, we are offering a 21-day meetings challenge that gives you all the key tools that you need to participate at a higher level in your English meetings, such as agreeing, clarifying, disagreeing, making suggestions and interrupting. All the essential stuff. So if you're interested in getting to the next level with your English meetings, click the link in the show notes and sign up free to the waitlist. The link will only be available until the 27th of May. So make sure you don't miss out. Okay, now let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 10 of the Transformer to Inglés Profesional podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Smith. Today, I will be talking with Alistair, an amazing coach from my team, all about why small talk is so important, why many people find small talk more difficult than a business meeting, why questions are the secret to success with small talk and social English in general, some simple question structures that can help when you feel stuck, and the difference between direct and indirect questions. This podcast is aimed at helping you push your business English communication skills to the next level so that you can grow professionally and achieve your international career goals. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Enjoy! Hi there, Alistair. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And so today we thought that maybe we'd talk a little bit about the word fancy, which we mentioned a few episodes back, but in particular related to the idea of a question that we also mentioned, which was something like, do you fancy a break or do you fancy a coffee? Now, we thought of this particular question and it's kind of very much related to the idea of social English, right? It's, it's, a kind of, mm. it's a kind of something that is important when you are outside the meeting. And it's, it's something that is also related to the whole idea of small talk, right? So I don't know whether you've had that experience with your particular clients that they've mentioned that they kind of feel less comfortable outside a meeting than actually in the meeting. Yeah, quite quite often they say, "Well, I'm I'm quite confident in the business setting in a professional setting because I'm I prepared for it before. It's stuff I talk about every day in my job, so you have the the technical vocabulary of your particular area in your work. So, in fact, with the formal English or the business English, many of our clients are quite comfortable. It depends, but they say what 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 they're really scared about or what makes them nervous is having to then talk to the so obviously they could have a visitor coming from another office or from another company for a meeting uh, and you have to then go for the coffee break or maybe even socialize in the evening because if they're staying overnight in the city, you probably have to go out for dinner with them or lunch. And they say, oh, the worst is, is that when I have to actually make 
what we call small talk, which is basically talking about non-important things. So about the family or sport, football or the weather, these kind of things is small talk. So making put sort of conversation with people, no? Yeah. Socially. And they say, oh, I'm terrified of having to go to dinner or to the coffee break. I don't know what to say. I'm scared they're going to ask me something and I don't know how to respond. Because maybe you have your business vocabulary, you know very well, you're very confident with, but you don't know too well about having to talk about the weather or a football match or that's right exactly right yeah it's is one of those things that can be quite tricky it's it's not not really self-evident that you would be able to deal with those sort of situations Mm. right and Mm. and you know it's important it's it's also unexpected you you don't know what's coming so you don't know what they're going to ask you that's right because in the meeting you probably have it planned and pre-prepared and you know, more or less the content of the meeting and what you have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if we kind of go back to that whole idea of, I mean, the actual expression small talk is kind of interesting in itself, right? Uh, Some of our listeners may not know that particular uh, expression, but it's it's something that is, uh, yeah, native speakers often refer to the whole idea of small talk, right? It's, It's, as you said, it could be in a lift or it could be, there are different types of small talk, I suppose, as well. And that's kind of important to say, right? They can be the one that kind of, very, very sort of limited where you have to just use one of two sentences. Maybe you're in the lift with somebody, right? Mm. And you have to come up with a nice question to, to ask somebody something small, whereas it can also be much more elaborate. It can be literally that you have to take somebody around the city, your your city, and you have to spend a few hours with them. And then, of course, that is a completely different sort of situation. And of course, you know, you need to be really well prepared for for both of those, right? And yeah. in many ways, in many many situations, you have to think about the types of questions that you might might ask that individual to really keep the conversation going. Basically, well, that can be difficult. Is I think that's what worries people is they don't know this person very well or not at all they could have met them for the first time and they're like oh my god what 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 do i say to them i've got to try to think of things to say and maintain the keeping the conversation going through a lunch or a dinner or taking them out to see something in the city so the coffee break well maybe it's five minutes and it's not too bad yeah but something longer so we say small talk, but it could be, you know, it could <laughs> be right. big talk. It could be. It could be yeah. a long conversation over dinner. The problem that when you say small talk, it's about non-important. You're not talking about life or death or big issues or the war in so discussing the war in Ukraine. Yeah. is not small talk. It's serious. No. So it's yeah. non-serious things, no? Yeah. So you say, oh, you know, about the football match last night or the weather or yeah. how was somebody's family or this kind yeah. of how was your holiday? Yeah. So sort of informal chat. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting there because uh, obviously, if you are going to be with somebody for the whole evening, then those types of questions do run out after a while, and then it's kind of mm. you do have to. <laughs> what do I do say have, next? Yeah, and you do have to go on to other things, right? And you and then maybe more interesting topics, or you have to kind of adapt to whatever they they've mentioned to you and and go down a a particular route that they kind of given you a bit of information about like whether if maybe they've told you something about their family and you kind of have to start asking questions about that exactly they give you the topic and then you need to keep asking more questions to show interest also not just say ah okay and stop and then silence and of course they may you they would expect you to offer information about yourself as well uh, yeah. So if you ask them about their family and they give you some information, they uh, probably even if they don't ask you, 
they would probably, ex, you know, in a normal conversation, it's a, you know, an interchange of ideas. You know? yeah. So they probably expect you to offer something about that. Oh yeah, I've got two kids. Hi there, just a very quick interruption. Hopefully you're able to understand everything in this episode, but if you need a little extra help, then you can download the transcript totally free and read along as we speak. If you're interested, just go to the show notes and find the link. Now let's get back to the show. Girl and the boy aged, you know, so it's an exchange of information. You have to try to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And not just say, yeah, well, not sort of short and, you know, yes, no. (laughs) Yes, that's true as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's kind of really useful to think about how we maybe would feel about that in a a Spanish situation. You know, I think that, Mm. you know, when we, when we would be in a social situation and you're, and you're speaking with somebody in Spanish uh, and you have to keep that conversation going, uh, you do really actively have to think about it. I've been in many situations where Mm. I think, okay, what is my next question going to (laughs) be, you know, and and that is, it's very important. It's, it's, it's something that takes a lot of effort. And I think that comes to the whole idea of obviously relationship building. Relationship building is very, very important in business in general. Very important, yeah, to it's, build you know, that essential, relationship. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's whether it's an, a colleague from from another another office or another country, mm-hmm. that type of relationship building is really important. But it can be also with your boss, for example. I mean, they mm-hmm. your boss might come and visit you from another country as well, right? The, these days, business is so international, and of course, that is going to be really important in terms of relationship building there as well. Mm-hmm. So, is in that way and in, in terms of also taking the conversation and moving the conversation and, and having it as making it as fluid as possible the whole idea of question formulation is absolutely vital there right yeah indeed yeah you've got to be able to think well the topics well have having good vocabulary as well so it's quite yeah. important to study things you might not think are so important because you're thinking oh business english i need to know about you know technical things and business terminology which is also important obviously yeah but then, you know, just having a reasonably good vocabulary of things, topics like the weather, sport, the family, traveling is good because if you don't have the vocabulary, even if you can make, maybe you could ask the question, but you've also got to be able to answer questions no? on various topics. But yeah, question formation is also important. How do you ask that question correctly Exactly. Uh, to then initiate a conversation and get a response? But then you obviously, you're going to have to answer questions on those same topics. Yeah. So building up a good vocabulary or a quite you know, reasonable vocabulary on those kinds of informal subject, uh, everyday subjects that people talk about. No? Yeah. It's very um, usual. And you think, well, that's not a business thing, but it is. It's also important in a business setting for relationship building, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I've noticed when I've spoken to my clients is that they often feel uh, that they are lacking vocabulary in that specific area and they find that extremely difficult you know it's exactly what you're saying is that they have to you know they they kind of sort of realize that they are lacking that vocabulary when they're already yeah. in that situation and then they yeah, it's too late it's too late it's like, oh, yeah no. it's too late yes yeah I, I don't have any words about the weather except you know one or two obvious ones that's right that's right. or talking about a football match or any things like this yeah. So yeah, it is it is really useful even in business environments in your business English, not just to focus on the obvious side of the bit technical things. And often in it's true in classes with with students in the past, or even though it's a you know it's a business English class and that is the focus of the class and mm. the reason the people are studying English or wanting to improve 
is because of their jobs, no, and they need it. Yeah. But very often they'll say, well, actually, I'm not, I don't have too much. I say, do you want to do technical things about your job, IT or human resources or whatever it is they're working in? Yeah. I say, well, not really, not particularly. Actually, I, I control, you know, I have that language. I know I use it every day in my emails, in meetings, and it's, it's, it's the other stuff, just general, you know, to maintain a conversation about other vocabulary about non-business things that is uh, they can get very stressed and it's very stressful situation no you're somebody you don't know very well yeah you know and you have got to chat about non-business related topics in in the in the lift the elevator yeah in the coffee break in the dinner that's right i mean you get people coming to meetings staying a week you know three or four days and you've got meetings with them every day yeah and every evening you've got to go out with that group of people visiting from another company or your company, but coming from a different country yeah, from the head office in London or the head office in, there may not be native speakers as well. You know, often there are other non-native speakers coming from France or Italy or a mixture is the yeah. more typical thing. Now an international meeting, you've got people from England, maybe USA, but you've got people from Italy, from France, from Germany, all mixing together and you're all going out in the evening for dinner. You've got to yeah. spend two or three, four hours with these people you don't really know in a, in a, in a non-business environment. But as you said before, you've got to make those people feel comfortable yeah, and build relationships with them because they're your colleagues. No? Yeah. Yeah. And if you it's, sit there in silence through the whole dinner, not you're too scared to speak to anyone or yes. It yeah. doesn't give a good impression. No, no. So you're not going to, you're not going to enjoy the experience either. No, that's exactly terrified. Right. If yeah. someone's going to ask me a question, I have to answer. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how to talk about non-business subjects no? yeah absolutely i mean it's interesting that you mentioned that whole idea of stress as well because you know mm-hmm. when you go into that situation you can imagine that it is a stressful thing especially if it lasts for more than a few mm-hmm. hours right but it's interesting that that level of stress that you might have also is kind of very counterproductive to your particular performance right so the more stressed you are <laughs> um, it, yeah it's kind of like really has an impact on your ability to perform in those situations so if you're kind of very worried about the situation and this is kind of the same i suppose with anything right it could be a presentation or or something a little bit more formal in a business context as well generally that whole idea of the more stressed you are the 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 less that you're going to be able to enjoy yeah the less Mm -hmm. fluent you are that's for sure you need Um, to feel comfortable you need to feel comfortable yes absolutely and then you're more more able to have these kind of pleasant nice informal quite bad funny conversations with with people Yes, there needs to be in a relaxed environment and you feel relaxed and confident. Yes, exactly. And I think that that kind of, if you are relaxed and if you are confident, then that you, that kind of can be transmitted to that other person. You know, it's, it's obvious that you, you feel that way and that you're enjoying the experience. And then it's more likely that the other person is going to enjoy that experience too. Right. So it's kind of all about preparation and it's, it's all about vocabulary, your range of vocabulary and making sure that you have that vocabulary. But it's also, as we mentioned before, the whole idea of question formulation. And we did, you know, before we came on, today we did kind of cover a few uh, potential very simple questions right that you could that you could ask you know a colleague or whoever's visiting you just to kind of get the conversation going and obviously those topics are like the weather sport family and of course those those particular questions are very simple questions so things like how's the weather or how was your trip how was the flight you know so basically Mm. it's always going to have that 
you know that that type of construction which which is like how was how was this or mm. how which kind of just gets the conversation started right or did you could you like did you have a good flight yeah you can use a past simple yeah absolutely yeah, to start with yeah. an auxiliary so yeah you need to know how to use your auxiliaries to make questions or or not yeah so, you know it's a question with the verb to be you don't need do or did if it's a past simple question you need did you did you have a good flight yeah. where you say how was your flight so you have alternatives um, but you have to obviously formulate those questions correctly you know, grammatically correctly yeah yeah. Well, I was thinking before when we were talking about the more relaxed environment, maybe when you go for dinner in the evenings or lunch with the client, with the client or the colleagues, I was thinking that I think one thing to say about being right is don't be too worried about being correct. Mm. Obviously, the, the more grammatically correctly you can speak, the better. Yeah. Always. But I think once you get into that environment, okay, when you're in your meeting and you're giving your presentation, you maybe have to more be more careful about how you speak and try to speak as correctly as possible. Yeah. Once you're socializing with your colleagues or with um, visitors from other companies, it's a more relaxed environment. The thing is not to get too stressed about, you know, oh, what will they think of my English? Or if I make them a, a mistake, it's embarrassing. Like, as you say in Spanish, vergüenza, no? Yeah. People have too much vergüenza. They're ashamed or embarrassed. Yeah. But, you know, nobody worries in those environments, uh, especially if they're, other non-native speakers yeah, yeah probably everyone is feeling equally as nervous or they're going to make similar mistakes or not even recognize you make a mistake and even native speakers really are not concentrating they're not english teachers they're not analyzing everything you're saying so basically as long as you can make yourself it's more important to be fluent yeah. relaxed mm. just speak and make conversation as best as you can and if you make some grammatical mistakes people are either not even going to notice or nobody cares but if you sit there nervous and anxious about, oh, I can't speak, I'm too worried about making a mistake, and you don't speak, that comes across far, it's like unfriendly, no? Yes. You're not interested in the other people. or Yeah. yeah. People answer, ask you a question, you just say, uh, yes, because you're terrified of, you know, <laughs> saying yeah. too much and making mistakes. So I think in that environment, don't worry too much about mistakes so question formulation it's important and you need to know how to make questions ask questions yeah and as correctly as possible which is what we're just talking about but sometimes don't worry too much once you get into a more relaxed social environment speak make conversation enjoy and get have a few beers that helps Definitely. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. No, that's, that is true. Without a doubt. I couldn't agree more with that. There's the more you can almost forget about the idea of being perfect and the mm. whole idea of perfectionism doesn't really help at all in that uh, no. context. And there are lots of clients do have this sort of perfectionist profile and that doesn't really help. So you should be try to be a little bit more relaxed on yourself or a little mm. bit more forgiving without a doubt. That is, is a good approach. And even for example, that you if even if you notice that you make a mistake or whatever, there is a really a great many options in terms of making it into either something a little bit amusing, like for example, say, "Oh, I didn't know that," or oh, "So what does that word mean?" Or if they correct mm. you and you say, "Oh, really?" You know, like it's just not to feel too um, yeah, don't feel yeah. too nervous about it or that's right, yeah, paranoid or yeah, yeah. It's just try to, it may be easy for us to say, but at mm. the same time, obviously we, we do have the same sort of situations when, when we speak in Spanish. So oh, yeah, um, make mistakes all the time, especially absolutely. at the beginning, but even now. And yeah. Yeah. So and generally people are very, generally people won't 
correct you. If as that's I mean, true. If they that's are, true. Yeah. In the end, I always say to my students: finally, a language is for is to communicate. That's what yeah. it's for. That's its function. And if you can communicate your ideas, people understand you, and you can understand them. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Now, obviously, you have to try your best to speak a language as well as you can, as grammatically correctly as you can. Yeah. But finally, it's not necessarily the most important thing. That's right. That's right. Exactly. It's it's more about kind of like enjoying the process if you can. If you can enjoy that process, then you're yeah, kind of use the yeah. language and enjoy yeah. it and speak yeah. it and yeah, it's a great experience when you can have a conversation with someone in another language and maintain it. Yeah. Um, is a is a nice feeling. No, oh, I mean I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, so there you've got some kind of very simple questions, obviously, which is how, how is the weather? How, how is your family? But we were also thinking about another construction, right? Which is where you place the, the kind of, you have a situation where you say something like, what is the weather like? Okay. Yeah. What is the weather at the moment in, I don't know, wherever the person has come from, yeah, right? In your country or in your yeah. city. Yeah. And that's a kind of a different type of construction of a question, which is just slightly different, but uh, can be also useful, right? Yeah. Well, native speakers use that a lot, perhaps more than how, though we do use that. How's the hotel? How, how was the flight? How's the family? But very often we use like with the verb to be. Now, obviously, like generally is do you like chocolate? Do you like football? Do you like eating pizza? Hmm. So it's like gustar in yeah. Spanish, no? te gusta. Yeah. But if you put it with a verb to be, it has a completely different meaning. Say, what, what's your hotel like? Or what's the food like in your country? What's the weather like? Yeah. You're not asking someone if they like the hotel or the weather. You're asking them to describe the weather or the food. So if you've never eaten Japanese food, you say, what, what's the food like in Japan? That's right. I'm asking you to describe the type of food people eat in Japan. You say, well, they eat sushi, which is raw fish and rice. So it doesn't mean you like sushi. I'm not asking you, do you like Japanese? So there's two questions. Do you like Japanese food? Uh -huh. You put do. Yeah. And that's like te gusta, no? But if you say, what's Japanese food like? I'm asking you to explain to me and describe Japanese food. That's right. So the meaning of like is completely different in that phrase with to be. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice one as well in terms of the whole idea of you know, relationship building, right? And, and, and mm -hmm. the, 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 obviously the questions that we were talking about before, like how's the weather is, is similar. And they are both what we would describe as open questions, right? Which is the kind of thing that you always want to focus on open questions rather than closed questions, because yeah. otherwise <laughs> the conversation will never really flow. Very flow, short. Right? Yes, no. Uh, yes, no, but is, is not really the way that you want to, to go. But both of those types of constructions, for, obviously the first one being very very simple but the second one is a more type of a native type of a question construction or construction of a question and I, definitely i think that that's something that you know it will allow the the individual that you're talking to to really give you a lot more information you know they suddenly mm -hmm. you and then you can once they've given that information you can take part of uh, take a bit of that information that they've told you about and then go go with that particular topic right and and so that's these types of open questions are super useful i would say in terms of like really building that relationship that you're so keen on 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 constructing let's say right yeah exactly so you need the ability to ask the question how to ask the question to provoke or begin the conversation and then as we said before you need the vocabulary to be able to talk about that topic so you know people also need to study vocabulary of you know food and weather and things like this that maybe they don't think are so in well obviously when you're traveling and in your personal life you need this vocabulary 
So yeah. it's it's important. But you may sometimes think it's not that important for my business for my job or in a business environment. But it is because you yeah. are going to have to make small talk, as we said before, or have yeah. polite conversation, informal conversations with people coming to visit your office, colleagues, because you have coffee breaks, din lunches, dinners, as we said before. So it's not yeah. only sitting in meetings, make, you know, talking, you know, giving presentations and only talking about business. There's yeah. a wider environment in your job that is important. Yeah. So it's, it's good to study these things, try to, you know, expand your vocabulary on those, what you could call social topics or day-to-day -to -day topics of mm. normal life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's very interesting also, because I think a lot of people actually say that, you know, the formal setting of the office is kind of maybe where you exchange information, but is actually in the social situations where you actually get to know the person and kind of trust the person is actually where maybe more business deals are actually done. Yeah, you know? well, true. Yeah, and building you know, trust is building trust is the, is the key element. So if you if you have, let's say, uh, a feeling or that you feel that you're limited in that way, then yeah, try to prepare yourself. And of course, anything related to culture can also be quite of nice course. right mm. i mean it's kind of you're trying to maybe learn about their culture telling them about your culture that that is always really useful so you know whichever sort of topics that you that you think that you could potentially engage with this in terms of with this person mm. then they're, they're kind of definitely worth yeah looking exploring look, yeah looking. exploring yeah just just before you before you kind of get to, to that situation so that you're a little bit prepared that mm. without a doubt with it because yeah, they're probably going to ask you about the typical food in your country and you have to explain exactly the, the typical dishes that's right for example or yeah cultural habits that people have exactly and you want to ask them so it's also you need to be reciprocal in these things when people ask you questions because they're interested in your family or what football team you support or asking you about the culture in your country, the food, you also need to keep that conversation going and show interest. You ask them also, Oh, and in Germany, um, what sort of things do you eat there? Or so you need to, you know, be reciprocal when they've asked you and you've explained, ask them the same question or a similar question no, to elicit, yeah. to keep that conversation going and showing an interest in their life or their uh, country or culture. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, these all of these questions that we're talking about here are what we would describe as direct questions, right? But of course, there are also indirect questions. But I don't know whether we want to open that can of worms, do we? I'm not sure. The can of worms, we used that expression in a previous podcast, I remember. And I said, Oh, well, um, we'll need to explore that in another podcast, which we well, now we can no. so you just used it again. Yeah. So what does it mean, Daniel, when you say opening? A can of worms is not literally opening a can or a tin containing worms. I hope not. That would be quite <laughs> disgusting. What what does it refer to? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, it's a the whole idea of a subject that may have require a lot of detail to talk about, right? So mm. imagine in this particular case, we're obviously talking about the idea of indirect questions, and indirect questions we we would need to explain quite a lot of different issues yes. related to indirect mm. questions, and therefore we kind of don't want to open that can of worms because we really don't have time in this particular episode. But of course, it doesn't have to be necessarily related to this particular thing that we're talking about now, obviously, which is indirect questions, but it. Can can be something else that if we start talking about it it's going to take quite a long time yeah, to long kind of... and complicated and needs a big explanation and that's right either you don't want to do it it's not the moment or you haven't got time so yeah. oh, you're opening a can of worms there so it's like it's going to be a complicated conversation in in some way no worry require time 
to explain right. something. Yeah. So yeah. like, I, that's why I'm, I think I used it in the first podcast or the second, I don't remember sure. that we were near the end of the podcast. We had about two minutes left and I suddenly started talking about a, a different subject. I said, oh, well, no, that's opening another can of worms, maybe better leave it till another podcast because yeah. we haven't got time to go into that because it's quite something quite complicated no? yeah exactly exactly so that that's that's the basic mm -hmm. idea yeah that's the basic idea of it and it's kind of a useful way of saying to someone that you kind of maybe also yeah don't want to have that conversation at that particular time let's say you know it's like it's it's something well, it could be something unpleasant not necessarily just because it's time consuming yes, or complex. that's true it's yes. like Better don't open that can of worms. So it's a subject matter that is going to be delicate. That's or, true. So you so you prefer not to speak about it, at least at the moment in this particular environment. No. Yeah. So absolutely. It's got, yeah, the two senses. No, it's like let that that's that's going too far. It's too much. We don't want to talk about this now, either because it just takes too long and it's a bit complicated. So it's not it's not the it's not the appropriate moment. And it could be because of personal things like, oh, no, maybe this is not the time or place to discuss that particular yeah. topic. Yeah. Because it could be a little complicated in it's, the sense it, of delicate. Yes. Or controversial. Or controversial. Yeah. yeah. Controversial topic that you say, okay, now let's save that for another day or another moment. This is not the moment. Yeah. So, that, so yeah, no, let's yeah. not open that kind of word. <laughs> now, in, in this particular case, indirect questions are not necessarily very controversial no, um, or but, negative, but uh, time consuming, <laughs> no, but time consuming. Yeah. So, but that, but that particular expression has all, all of those specific sort of connections. Right. So, yeah. uh, so because when you get to explain. indirect questions, I think in this environment with the topic of today, the small talk, you're in a fairly relaxed environment with people, you know, or you more or less know, and so in the coffee break, the dinner, whatever it may be, you can ask fairly direct questions to people. It's not rude or impolite. Mm. But obviously, indirect questions are longer questions, more more polite, that you may ask strangers, people you don't know, like in the street, yeah. where you need to ask for directions or where something is. Now, could you please tell me uh, where the nearest cash machine is, Yeah, for example? And these are longer questions, more polite, and they're called indirect questions. And... Obviously, that opens up a whole topic of how you construct those sentences is a little bit more complicated and more difficult than short, direct questions exactly. that are relatively simple. No, yeah. yeah, and it's to do with word order, which the word order you won't yes. open uh, opening a can of worms <laughs> when you start getting into uh, word order. So I think that's something we can say for a, for another podcast and for another day. For another day, exactly, absolutely, yeah. So we'll definitely come back to that topic yeah. um, because it's really interesting, and it's actually one of those key mistakes. Let's say it's one yeah, of those very, very, common very, very common, and and very you, easy to make. Oh yeah, so easy, so so mm -hmm. easy to make those mistakes, and uh, but really powerful if you can get it right as well. So I mean, it's, it's like, impressive. It is uh, impressive. Yeah, someone manages to make a long, indirect question in the correct word order which will explain in the, in the when we when we deal with it it's like oh that's a you demonstrate you've got a really good level of english you you do because yeah. it's so easy not to do it correctly and yeah yeah uh, and yeah. it i mean people understand you so it's not a problem of communication people will understand the question you're trying to ask but it's just not correct and it sounds a little strange so if you can get it correct then it really can impress people with uh, your level of english yeah 
Absolutely. Great. Well, I think that it's, that's it for today in this terms of this episode. So thanks a lot, Alistair, for your time. Um, Thank you. And uh, we'll basically meet up again tomorrow. Uh, well, next time, next, time. next week. All right. Yeah. Cheers. All See right. You. Thanks a lot. See you then.